This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A swing and a long drive. Left center field. Way back to the track. To the ball. Grand slam. The Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Bringing a ground ball off the pitcher's up to the second baseman. Got him. A complete game, 5 nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome into another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby alongside Mike Claiborne. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. And the countdown officially on Claibs as Tuesday, next Tuesday, the 14th, Valentine's Day. Pitchers and catchers report officially to Jupiter, Florida, and have their first workout the next day. Well, that's the official day. But, Chris, I can tell you firsthand that a lot of players are already here. They're already getting into their workouts. And I think everybody's looking forward to getting this thing started. That's something we've seen more and more recently, isn't it, guys? Getting down there earlier and earlier, if not staying in Florida or making their homes around the Jupiter area. So everybody's already got a leg up on being in shape and and being ready to go once those official workouts do start. And we'll see a lot of, if not all of the position players, I imagine, working out next week when the pitchers and catchers get underway. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I sometimes wonder, as you mentioned, everybody's committed to working out in the offseason and showing up in camp ready to go. The question is, have the the techniques and the training practices caught up with the conditioned athletes? Now, I'm sure there's some guys mentally who feel like they want to throw a little bit more and guys have been used to being in the cage and want to get out and hit some live pitching. But you, you hear the, the issue about, is, there, is spring training too long? I kind of think it is, but it's been such a tradition to get six weeks in. And I guess this year with the Winter Classic taking place or the uh, World Classic taking place, uh, there may be room for some guys to get a little bit more work in. But I, I'm anxious to see how structured this this camp will be. Now, Mike Matheny said to Derek Gould that the media won't notice it. But I don't know. I don't know how that's going to shake out. But I, I think we all thought last year's camp was a little disjointed. So we'll see how things unfold this year. Yeah, I don't know about that. As organized as they are and as much as we watch, which is everything, I imagine that even if they do little things like I've heard Derek mention they're running and they're conditioning why not move that from the outfield, from foul pole to foul pole, and do it on the base pass? Try to kill two birds with one stone, stuff like that. I agree. I sometimes, when you watch drills take place, I was always taught, you know, you play like you practice. And I think sometimes you have to be a little bit more intense because you touched on something. The base running last year wasn't very good. And they've got to improve that. And I don't think you can just jog and just kind of have fun with it. I think you got to really take it to heart and make sure you do the right things and cutting the corners and making sure you pick up the outfielders and picking up your coaches and little things like that because those are the things that are going to be the difference on whether you're in postseason or not. You can't give away games like they did last year with bad base running and bad defense. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Yeah, you look at even the year before, the Cardinals, just such a good run prevention team. You don't necessarily need – 
you know, gold glovers all over the place, but shoring up the middle, getting more reps for Ledmes Diaz. I think Colton Wong playing every day and then having Randall Gritchick move to left with Dexter Fowler in center and another year under the belt of Stephen Piscotty in right, right there. I could make the argument that you could make the most significant strides of maybe any team in the National League in terms of the uptick in your defense, your run prevention, and then hope that that transpires to the pitching numbers. You know, that's a good point you make. And I think Pittsburgh would would have something to say about that with regard to their outfield where they've moved McCutcheon to left field. But I think when you look at the Cardinal outfield, they're they're pretty athletic. Uh, The infield up the middle, I think, is pretty athletic also between Wong and Diaz. So you, you should be better. But it basically comes down to this. Just catch it. Catch the ball and do the fundamental things you've been taught since you were a kid, and normally things will work out. Now, you're going to have a physical mistake from time to time, but it's the mental mistakes that were doing the Cardinals in last year. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, though, to, to think about a guy like Aledemis Diaz who is just now playing uh, his first full season. I guess last year, a full season in the big leagues, but he missed some time with injury. How could he progress? Stephen Piscotty, like, we forget that it's only been, what, a handful of years since he's even been an everyday outfielder, Mike? Yeah. Remember, he was a third baseman when he was drafted. And, and I think, Chris, that sometimes we take for granted when you have to learn a new position and when you have to learn it at a, at a very competitive level, whether it's AAA or the big leagues, this is not easy, okay? The game is a lot faster. And if you're not in position, and this is one of the neat things about Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter is here every day somewhere around 10, 1030. He, Jose Aquino, Diaz, and uh, Colton Wong, they work for a while on the little things you have to do in order to play on the infield. And I think it's important that those three, are working together, especially for double play situations and cutoff situations. There's a lot of things that go into it, and I'm glad to see that they're they're already ahead of the, the, the pace on trying to make sure they're prepared. Klebs, last thing for you before we get ready to chat it over with uh, Mike Schilt, Cardinals' new quality control coach. As you look at the team right now, a week from pitchers and catchers reporting, a team that last year came down to the final day, just one game outside of making the playoffs. Is this ceiling for the 2017 Cardinals higher than last year's club? If they execute the fundamentals, yes. I know everybody felt good about the ability to be one swing away from being in any ball game, but you think about all the things you didn't do fundamentally well, and, and that's what kept you out of the playoffs. So if you just combine those things of reducing the mental mistakes and the fundamental mistakes and just executing the home runs and all the other things that come into play, I don't think you can be a station-to-station team either. Not to say that there are that many great throwing outfielders, but you've got to be able to push the envelope a little bit more than what you did last year, and I think that's on the minds of a lot of people. All right, that's Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. We're just getting started, and we come back with Cardinals' new quality control coach, Mike Schilt, in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We are presented by Ameren, and a pleasure to welcome to the program Mike Schilt, now the Cardinals' quality control coach after spending the last couple of years in Memphis, for that Springfield and long time in the Cardinals organization. Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Ready to get going. Yeah, this time of year, any different for you based on your uh, responsibilities or is gearing up for spring training, gearing up for spring training, and uh, pretty much the same ramp up until you get down there? Uh, more or less the same, and clearly there's some mindfulness of 
um, what the duty will be that particular year, and in this case, um, you know, a new position. So gather some information, some thinking and meditating about what that looks like and some preparation of that. Um, otherwise, just getting your personal affairs in order. Um, good friend of mine and, and, of course, yours, Mike, and I'm sure yours too, Chris, William McGee gave some really good advice and talked to the guys in, in the minor league. He said, you know, spend the offseason, get yourself ready for the season, but spend the offseason also getting your affairs in order so the only thing you really need to be focused on is your the game of baseball and what you're responsible for. So I'm wrapping some things up here so when I leave I can focus on St. Louis Cardinal baseball. Mike, for you, um, the, the title quality control coach is something new in the majors this year. Are, are you going to be, and with so much information available to you now, is that your job to assemble the information and kind of put it in more like a game plan approach as far as uh, how the team wants to approach an opponent, or is that job going to differ from that aspect of just itself? Well, it'll be a component of it, Mike, and the job will morph, and um, it will be that. It'll be... As you know, the, there's more and more information taking place in the game that um, all can have some value and really just helping assemble it, put it together, and then um, put it in a means that, you know, people can can hopefully use and discern what we feel like is, is most applicable and provide that information to the, to the staff, work in concert with them, and uh, clearly, of course, Mike and, and then the um, players as well, and and so that'll be a part of the learning curve of figuring out what that looks like and how that process takes place. Mike Schilt with us on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren. Mike, how do you think we might see spring training change a bit or logistically you guys maybe do things differently? We've heard the organization talk about areas they want to get better, especially at the big league level with some of the struggles last year. Um, how do you think we might see some changes? And, and then as the Cardinals do, how will that trickle down from the big league club all the way down to guys through step camp and, and guys who come in and are spending time in the minor league clubs? You know, it, it, you're not going to see a complete upsetting, I don't believe. You know, I've had good conversations with David Bell, um, Mike will will set the tone for that. And, and um, you know, we're going to clearly put some attention towards some areas that can be improved upon and but don't forget that there's been some strengths too um you know in the organization you know the last several years as well so you don't want to upset the apple cart and try to reinvent the wheel so to speak so there'll be some changes some will be more subtle um and yeah to your point about part of the responsibility for me will be is um helping message and could keep that continuity with what's taking place um within our system working down through the system Mike, there, there's so many aspects of the game that I'm sure you deal with, and you being a, a coach and a manager on the minor league level, what, what's the one constant that you see that players have to be better at once they get to the big leagues? Well, I think it's just attention to the fundamentals and, and how to play the game. You know, I mean, what the organization has been predicated upon for decades, attention to detail, fundamental sound baseball, and just keeping that in perspective is, as we move forward and train and keeping that balance of guys getting stronger and that's important to the game and using the other aspects of the game analytically, but also remembering that at the end of the day, guys still have to get, you know, to a position of where uh, they play the game the right way based on, on the situation and continuing to teach and, and be mindful of that process. Mike show with us on the Cardinals countdown to opening day. Mike, when, when you arrived with the Cardinals organization uh, a decade or so ago. And when you see new guys come into the organization, how is George Kissel still 
impacting this club, impacting you on a day-to-day basis, and how do you portray that message to guys, whether they're young guys coming up from the system, whether it's guys who are new to the club, who come in from the outside, uh, are acquired during the offseason. How do you see that impact still kind of show itself to the club and, and allow guys to take it in, take certain things from it, and use it to make themselves and the club better? Well, Mr. Kissel is clearly a, a legacy, and I, I would consider myself to be like a second-generation Kissel descendant, so to speak, um, you know, with Mark D. John, Chris Maloney, um, Pop Warner, you know, Steve Turco, guys that have been in the organization 25, 30 years, Brian Eversgerd. Um, you know, I got into the organization towards the tail end of when George was, was – um, in his career before he passed in 2008. And, but you see it still very clearly, you know, the teachings, the continuity, um, like I mentioned earlier, the attention to detail. And, you know, we captured the manual effectively because George was and, and set up and preached the Cardinal way and how things are done. And while we still want to move things forward and be modern in our approach to how we do things, the application of fundamental baseball and, and what looks like um, how the game is played is, is really George's teaching. So his his legacy is impacted here on a daily basis, and it speaks to the strength of what he was able to establish in this organization because now those teachings are still being passed on, you know, going on 10 years of him being removed from, from being on a daily basis with the organization. You know, we watch the game and spring training starts and everybody works on drills and does a lot of things for that six-week period all of a sudden the season rolls along and a lot of things that you work on in the spring, you, you kind of get away from. And I think sometimes muscle memory is the best solution to solving some of the problems that you incurred during the year. Are you guys going to try and implement other methods and trying to keep guys sharp? Because, you know, there was a time when you would take infield or you shag fly balls for a purpose. Uh, that That's kind of gone away. So how do you think you're going to try and make this team uh, efficient during the course of the season? Mike, it's an excellent observation and point, um, and it is. It's a, it's a skill game. It's a field game. Uh, the reality is, in general, the game's gotten away from some of that attention to detail, some of that, like you say, the infield, throwing the bases. Specifically, I, I'd like to be able to give you a clear answer of what that'll look like, although I do know there's an awareness that that needs to take place. How that'll take place, I, again, I don't have the clarity for you at the moment. Um, not that there hasn't been some thought behind it, it's just just not sure how that's going to be rolled out and executed because um, there's going to be continued buy-in from a lot of different different places. But um, very important that, that um, we're mindful that, hey, we've got um, a lot of different things pulling at guys now and a lot of different components of how they train and, and, and the philosophy and mentality of how they train. But as Mr. Kissel would say, you're good at what you work at. And, you know, there's a balance of time that every player has and energy that every player has, and we're continuing to be mindful of that. And that being said, it's a game of repetitive skill and being able to get out there and, and hone that skill and master that skill to where it is a muscle memory, it is a habit, and it is produced um, regardless of situation based on your comfort level of practicing it. Um, is is important as well. So uh, we're mindful of it. There's going to be attention to it. And specifically, um, you know, we're going to figure out what that looks like. 
You guys had quite the impressive contingency out there in Arizona with Carson Kelly, Bader, DeYoung, Gomber, Sheriff, Latrell, Rowan Wick. Those guys really, really played well. Were you following them? Absolutely. You know, you have some of them, and then you follow them just peripherally to keep up with them, and you, you keep your ear to the ground. You talk to people within the organization, and there's a lot of optimism around that group. And uh, we, we clearly are going to send some strong candidates out to that fall league to participate and to, to continue, as people say, like in a finishing school-type atmosphere. But as far as talent level and the number of quality guys we sent from one to seven or whatever that number is, that's as good a crop we sent out there in a while. And and they represented themselves well to no surprise. Well, Mike Schilt, Cardinals quality control coach. We know it's been a busy offseason. Look forward to seeing you down this weekend and moving forward in Jupiter. Thank you, Schilt. All right, Chris. See you, Mike. Take care, guys. See you soon. Visit the official online shop of the Cardinals at cardinals.com slash shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source at cardinals.com slash shop. When we come back, we'll check in on the first of two National League Central teams. Rob Beertemple from the Pittsburgh Pirates beat joins us next on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We're presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. And we get a Pittsburgh perspective as we get ready for spring training to open. Rob Beertemple is the Pittsburgh Pirates beat writer with Pittsburgh Trib. You can read him at triblive.com. Rob, how are you, man? Not too bad, man. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. I know that you have been uh, all over the Pirates and some of the work that guys have been putting in recently as we get ready for opening day. We've been talking about it on the show today, and it seems like every year that more and more guys are around the facility, are around the complex, and Mm -hmm. it seems like by the time pitchers and catchers report, everyone's already there, and they've been working (laughs) out for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, I think this year the uh, the interesting thing to watch will be whether, uh, or well, not whether, but when Andrew McCutcheon shows up. I mean, the past uh, four or five years, Andrew's been among the first position players to show up for camp, and uh, he's been there the, you know, in the past couple of years, you know, days before even the, the pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. So uh, he's a guy, I mean, he has a house down in Tampa, so it's not that far of a drive for him, but he's a guy that likes to get at it and, and get on the field and start working out. But this year, you know, with the talk of him maybe being traded and now with him being shifted from center field to right field, uh, we might see a, an arrival date for Andrew a little bit closer to that traditional uh, position players reporting date, which is uh, a week from Friday. Rob, uh, when you look at the Pirates, they, they made a lot of changes right after the season uh, with the coaching staff. Obviously, the McCutcheon discussion uh, carried you through the off season, mm-hmm. But I thought moving Marte to center field was a, a decision that had to be made whether you're going to keep McCutcheon or not. I think he's your best outfielder. Uh, and he's always been that way as far as I was concerned. You see him a little bit more, so give me your thought. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is something certainly Pirates fans and, and, and people in the front office have been talking about for more than a year now. And, and last year they tried something different with the positioning. They moved all the, infi- or all the outfielders in closer to the plate. Um, for, for a guy like McCutcheon, it, was, it made a substantial difference. He didn't get to nearly as many balls as he used to. And even later in the season when he moved back to his traditional positioning, he still didn't get to those balls. Uh, Starting Marte is a guy who has won gold gloves uh, back-to-back seasons now in left field. Probably one of the stronger arms that you'll find in Major League Baseball right now. Um, led the, the, the National League last year in outfield assists. Uh, was the first guy to have uh, 17 or more since Dave Parker back in the day. So, um, you know, he's a guy who certainly has proven 
that, you know, opposing base runners don't want to try to take that extra base on him. Putting him in center field, it's more of, uh, yeah, more of a leadership position for him out there. Uh, he's kind of the guy now who's going to set the outfield defense and, and position those guys a little bit. He's going to be the guys who's relied upon to track down balls in the gap. If maybe McCutcheon or Gregory Polanco and left can't get a good angle on it. So more responsibility, but I think what we've seen from starting the past couple of years, he has plenty of speed. He has uh, plenty of, uh, of ability to, you know, to get balls, to track them down. He tracks them down pretty well. Um, and the arm is certainly there. So it just seems like a natural decision. And the thing is with, with all three of these guys, Polanco, Marte, and, and McCutcheon, they were all natural center fielders coming up through the minors. It was only once they got to the big league level that uh, the other guys were shifted out to the, to the corner spots. So for Marte, this is kind of a homecoming for him. Um, and if you look at his numbers, I, I believe he actually uh, he, he swings the bat a little bit better when, when games when he has started in center field for what that's worth. You know, I think there's a similarity with the Cardinals, Rob, in that they're going to have to make some decisions over the next few years, not just positionally and, and in terms of role, but also contract with guys like Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. They mm. obviously made the decision to move on from Matt Holliday. Does McCutcheon represent some of that for the Pirates? And regardless of, of where he's playing throughout this year and after the trade deadline, but not just his, his contract coming up, does it represent kind of an intersection in what the Pirates want to do and what direction they want to move forward as? Well, I think it's part of their, their business model is they're in, in pretty much constantly in refresh mode. Um, even the years when they were successful back in uh, 13, 14, 15, they were still always looking to, to bring in younger guys and, and, and trade off you know, more veteran pieces, the guys who were more expensive, I guess, when you get right down to it. And McCutcheon is no different, even though his contract is, is really pretty team-friendly. He's making, I believe, what, 14.5 this year. Um, he's still a guy where he's coming to the end of the contract. He's 30 years old. The Pirates' front office doesn't see a lot of value in terms of the production they'll get from him, you know, in his mid-30s, to give him a market value contract, and that's not, you know, that that's true of McCutcheon. That's true as we saw with uh, Mark Melanson, with, with Joel Hanrahan. With you can go back as far as Jason Bay, whenever uh, Neil Huntington first took over as general manager. So that's kind of the business model that the Pirates have. And I think in a couple of years from now, we'll be talking about the Pirates. Uh, looking to trade Garrett Cole, and maybe a year after that they'll be looking to trade starting Marte. It's just kind of the way they do business is they'd rather, you know, deal a guy off even if it's for prospects so they get something for that as opposed to just letting the guy walk as a free agent and, and getting nothing in return. Rob, I want to ask you about two things. One, your pitching. We saw a lot of changes. We saw some kids mm-hmm. come up. We, we saw you try and fix the back end of your bullpen after Melanson moved on. How have things progressed on that front, and what's the latest status on Gong? I mean, he's had everything from the personal issues <laughs> off the field to yeah. the injuries, but, man, when he gets in the lineup and faces the Cardinals, I mean, he just owns Redbird pitching. Mm-hmm. Where is his status at right now? Well, I'll start with, with, with Gong. Um, his status is still kind of up in the air. He is still in South Korea, uh, has not yet secured a visa to come you know, to the United States. Um, I, I talked to some people with the Pirates, and they're still confident that uh, Gung will be with the club in spring training, maybe not for the first day or two, uh, but certainly at some point in spring training, he'll be with the team, they believe. Uh, the, the situations with uh, the, the D, he had a, uh, his third DUI arrest in December, and there's also an allegation of sexual assault um, from last summer uh, that, that allegedly happened at a team ho- the team hotel in Chicago. 
Um, I, I think the two of them, you know, obviously the, the DUI situation, he, he's already, it's his third strike, so he's had his license suspended. Uh, his case apparently will go to trial, but there's been talk in, in some of the Korean media that uh, the trial could be delayed until after the regular season. So it appears that in some way, shape, or form, he'll be playing with the Pirates this year. He's also agreed to enter a uh, voluntary uh, alcohol abuse uh, treatment program, and he'll go through that as well. So we're going to kind of we're still kind of in wait and see mode as to when he's able to join the team and where his situation goes from there. Shifting gears to the pitching, I think probably the one player who, who's the, the biggest key to this season for the Pirates, even more so than, McC- than the McCutcheon, is Garrett Cole. Uh, he's, he's, he had a, a terrible season last year. He was on a disabled list three times, ended the year on the 60-day DL. And he was injured last offseason before, you know, weeks before spring training even began and, and never really got up to, up to speed, never really got in sync. And his entire season was wrecked by it. I think if you look at the pattern with him, it's been, you know, healthy year, great year, and then, and then an injury kind of year, and it down a little bit, and then healthy good again, and then, and then again last year hurt and bad. So if you follow the pattern, he's in line, you know, <laughs> should be in line for a healthy year. They need a guy who can give them 200 innings. They need a guy who can lock down the front end of that rotation and be the guy that stops losing streaks that intimidates opposing batters. They didn't have that at all last year. And like you said, they did. They tried a number of different ways, even reaching down you know, into the farm system and bringing up a bunch of guys. I believe they had uh, three or four starting pitchers make their big league debut in the, in the rotation last year, which was, was the most for a Pirates club in, in decades. So they're still searching a little bit. They, they think that Cole, if healthy, will be you know, the, the fit and ace. They've got Ivan Nova, the number two guy. After that, it gets a little murkier, and, and, and you have uh, – uh, a couple of the rookies are in the mix. Uh, Stephen Brault, a left-hander. Tyler Glasnow, who's probably the top pitching prospect, a righty. Um, you know, six foot seven can, can bring it 97 miles an hour, but sometimes you know walks as many guys as as he as he strikes out in a game or, or more. And that you know until he gets that control under control, <laughs> he'll still be kind of a question mark as to how effective he can be at the big league level. So they have some answers. A lot of internal candidates. But I think it's uh, especially for that four and five spot in the rotation. They're they're still kind of waiting and seeing, you know, how it stacks up. If anybody can be effective beyond the big three of, of Jameson Tyone, Garrett Cole, and uh, Ivan Nova. Rob Beertempel, who covers the Pittsburgh Pirates, you can read him at triblive.com. Rob, appreciate it, man. Enjoy spring training, and we'll see you and talk to you real soon. Okay, guys, take care now. Missing baseball season? Cardinals Nation in Ballpark Village is open seven days a week. Stop by for a bite to eat or relive some of the Cardinals' greatest moments by going through the Cardinals Museum. For more information, visit cardinalsnation.com. We'll take a break. Come back at a Cubs perspective from David Kaplan next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. And a pleasure to welcome Triple Threat. Dave Kaplan of the show, Cubs pre and post on CSN Chicago. He hosts Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 every day from noon to 2. And the author of a new book, The Plan, Epstein, Madden, and the Audacious Blueprint for a Cubs Dynasty out May 1st. You can pre-order at Amazon. Capper, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, always a... Pleasure and an honor to talk to you two guys. 
Yeah, especially coming after last year. We'll just let you get it out of the way now. We, we've had so many fun talks um, about your hatred but respect for the Cardinals, the Cubs coming off that incredible run, that World Series. What have the last few months been like, Cap? And how does this feel different leading up to spring training than every other Cubs spring training you've covered, man? Well, we knew when Theo and his team came that we were going to get this thing fixed. Did we know it was going to end in the 2016 World Series? We didn't, but we felt like we've got this amazing front office. And then when Joe Madden showed up, you're like, wow, they really mean business. And then 15, they explode on the scene. John Lester picks the Cubs over the Giants and whoever else, the Red Sox. And then last year, it was just one of those years. So, you know, finally, it's a rivalry with the Cardinals again. Look, I've, I've always said to you guys, I hate the St. Louis Cardinals because all they do is beat us. When they had to get a bunt down, they got a bunt down. When they had to hit behind a runner, they hit behind a runner. They just did everything right, and we were just awful. Now it's a rivalry. You guys look at us and go, hmm, now the Cubs are good, and the Cardinals are always going to be good. So I'm really excited to see what the Cubs can do in 17 with a really talented young team. You guys are going to be really good, too. You know, David, it's interesting when you win, you look at it and you say, well, we can go out and do it again next year. And a lot of things worked for you guys last year. You took advantage of some great opportunities. But as you go into 17, what's the one thing that you're concerned about and what's the one thing you feel you'll be better at? We've got Kyle Schwarber all year. We had him for three games, blew his knee out badly, then came back in DH in the World Series, as everybody knows. That, I think we're going to be better offensively. And – no, Chris Bryant, while he was the MVP, he's only in his second year, and this will be his second full year, and then he had the most of the 15 season. So I think our guys are going to mature, the Addison Russells, the Rizzos, the Baezes. I think we're going to be better there. My concern is we did not add an impact starting pitcher, at least on paper. I mean, Brett Anderson maybe, but we didn't add some big-name starter to plug-and-play and I don't know, is Jake Arrieta going to be Jake Arrieta? Is Kyle Hendricks the guy of last year, or is he the guy who was the fifth starter going into spring training? Is John Lackey the guy from two years ago, or the guy who was okay, not great for the Cubs? John Lester's getting another year older. So is Mike Montgomery a starter? Don't have Jason Hamill in his 15 wins anymore. So my, the depth of our rotation concerns me if there's an injury. David Kaplan with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. He's the author of a new book, The Plan, Epstein Madden and the Audacious Blueprint for a Cubs Dynasty. It's out May 1st. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, Cap, I'm wondering, and we all know Joe Madden's mantras, right, whether it was embrace the target last year or depeat. I saw the, the T-shirts this year. But with that being said, is there more pressure? Is there a bigger, no pun intended, target on this team now that they are the hunted and, and they're no longer the, the team looking for uh, the opportunity to end the longest drought in professional sports? Um, yeah, there definitely is a huge target on the Cubs, and you know they're pretty out there. Joe's a very charismatic guy. Our players are pretty charismatic. I remember I was telling Clay that the Cubs are coming in at last September to play the Cardinals. I'm down there in St. Louis, and you know, I see the Cardinals come in. They get there at 2 o'clock, 1.30. They're going through all this. And the Cubs roll in at, like, it's American Legion Day, as Madden called it. The locker room's not even open till like, 4. And no BP, 
know this, know that. It's pretty much put your uniform on, stretch, and go play. And I remember, you know, people around the Cardinals saying to me, they'd be kidding me. You guys just show up and play? That would never happen under Mike Matheny. Well, it worked because we had the best team. And so I'm sure there are teams around the league that are sick and tired already of hearing about zoo animals and buffet breakfast set up behind home plate and mariachi bands and all that. It works, and I love it. It's great to cover and be around every day, but I'm sure there are teams around baseball gunning for the Chicago Cubs. David Kaplan with us. The book is The Plan, Epstein, Madden, and the Audacious Blueprint for a Cubs Dynasty. It's out May 1st. You can pre-order on Amazon.com right now. Cap, what was it like to write this, and how did your process, your vision, and and ultimately the book changed when you're – really documenting last year, especially, and it ends with the World Series. How, how did that change for you, and, and what was that like, not only covering the team on a day-to-day basis, but also in the big picture, the macro sense of things, and putting this book together? Well, it's funny, Chris, because a year ago at this time, it was February of 16, I get a phone call from my agent, and he said, hey, uh, the people at Triumph Publishing want you to write a book on this coming season. I said, Steve, I'm not interested. He's like, why? I said, because if they win, and I believe they're going to, there'll be a billion books on the Cubs in the 2016 season. It's the Cubs. It's natural. So he gets the guy on the phone, and I tell the guy the same thing. And I said, now, you want to write a book on since the day the Ricketts bought the team and Theo coming aboard and how different it is? Now I'm interested. And he said, yeah, but if they don't win, no one's buying it. And I said to him, I promise you they're winning the World Series. This was a year ago. And he's like, really? I said, trust me, they're winning the World Series. That's how talented they are. He said, all right, we're in. Let's do it. And so Theo, to his credit, gave me tremendous access. Joe was amazing. Ricketts, amazing. I got every single player. And so as I started to put this thing together, there'd be nights where my wife would be like, you have to go to work tomorrow and do your shows. Go to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. But it was one of those days where – you could crank and just write and not feel tired. Then there were days where, what am I going to write tonight? I have no idea what I'm going to say. But I interviewed so many cool people that were so great with their time. And as the season unfolded, it just became an easier and easier process to put this thing together. Like, how did Jake Arrieta truly end up a Cub? How did Kyle Hendricks walk out of the Texas system where he wasn't even a top 10 prospect? How did he end up a Cub? and a Cy Young candidate. How did Chris Baccio get to the Chicago Cubs? Thank you, Dale Swain, who brought him in when he was the first managerial hire of Steel. So there's so many things. And then I took a chapter where I love Jim Hendry, our old GM. He's as affable and good a guy and as accessible as any GM in any sport I've ever covered. That said, the way the team was run, Andy McPhail had, this is a true story, they had our strength coach every year unpack all or take all the weights, the dumbbells, out of the Wrigley Field weight room, all the machines, put them in a U-Haul, and have it driven, driven to Mesa and set up so it would be there for spring training. And somebody said, can't we buy a second set of weights for Arizona? No, it's a waste of money. We don't need it. And then at the end of spring training, they would disassemble them, pack them back up in the U-Haul, and drive it back to Chicago for opening day. This was a major league team. This is how they ran their business. You know how they determined how many season ticket renewals they had? 
how many times they refilled the fax machine. That's what they would say. Oh, we've gone through three packs of fax paper. The things are good. I mean, it was just stupid. It was just, this was a major league franchise. So when you really read this book, you're going to look at it and go, huh, no doubt that they were bad because they did not know what they were doing. That's not a shot at Henry. That's the people above him. Dave Kaplan, Cubs pre and post on CSN Chicago and Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 in Chicago from 12 to 2. And again, the book is The Plan, Epstein Madden, and the Audacious Blueprint for a Cubs Dynasty out May 1st, 2017. You can pre-order on Amazon. Cap, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the next couple of months of spring training, and we look forward to seeing you guys and seeing the Cubs here in St. Louis to open up on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, I look forward to it. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner and a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary beer and soda. This week, only games in April are available starting at just 55 bucks. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. We're back to wrap up our number one next on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. As we wrap up Hour 1 of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, let's give away some Missouri Valley Conference Tournament ticket vouchers. Six ticket vouchers for any single session of the 2017 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament, March 2nd through 5th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. We'll give that away to caller 3 right now at 314-969-1120. Chris Raby back with you. Thank you to all of our guests in our number one, Mike Schilt, Rob Beard Temple, Dave Kaplan as well. We're going to talk with Mike Shannon to kick off the second hour of the program. Also, Craig Unger, president and general manager of the Memphis Redbirds, will head down I-55 to Memphis and visit with Ron Darling from MLB.com. Plus, Vicki Bryant fills us in on an exciting concert this summer at Bush Stadium. That's all coming your way on hour number two of the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Ramby and Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd is our executive producer, and we're back with more after these messages on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a long drive. Left center field. Way back to the track. To the ball. Grand slam. The Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Bringing a ground ball off the pitcher's up to the second baseman. Got him. A complete game. 5 nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. We open up Hour 2 of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren with Mike Shannon as we get ready for pitchers and catchers to report to Jupiter next week. Mike, how are you? Well, I'm doing fine. Everything is uh, really fine down here in Florida. They put some new sod out at the practice uh, ballpark. But other than that, uh, everything really looks well. You know, Mike and I were talking about it. So many guys already there. Guys will continue to trickle in over the next week that by the time pitchers and catchers report, just about the whole team is going to be there and ready to go. Yeah, they, these guys stay in shape year-round, and they, they, they chop it a bit. They really can't uh, wait to get started. And, uh, you can't blame them. But it's a long spring, and it's going to be even longer this year because of the World Baseball Classic. And a lot of our players are going to be in that classic. Mike, how, how important do you think it is for the young guys who aren't going to be part of the classic? This is their time to truly shine and catch the manager's eye. Uh, so if somebody has a hiccup, instead of trying to make a deal, they may be able to go into their own system 
and bring up kids who can really make a contribution. There is no doubt about it, Mike. It's a great opportunity for guys that will never get an opportunity if it wasn't for the World Baseball Classic because you're going to have uh, most of your top guys gone. And consequently, while they're gone, these kids get a chance to perform. And uh, as you say, what, what was that, the first baseman? <laughs> Wally Pip. Yeah. That's Mr. Wally Pippen. Uh, hey, take a look at that. What happened with uh, the Cardinals and their great player who went to uh, the Angels, all right? And uh, one, one, one of our guys, our outfielders, got hurt. And uh, lo and behold, uh, La Russa just kept giving this young kid a chance. He kept testing him. He kept testing him. And little did he know that he, he was testing a future Hall of Famer, there's no doubt. Mike Shannon with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Mike, we've been talking a lot about some of the little things the club can do. We had Mike Schilt, new quality control coach, on in hour number one. But some of the little things you can do in spring training to try to address some of the issues because kind of uncharacteristic of the Cardinals last year to see some issues defensively and on the base paths. Well, there's no doubt about it. When you talk about this game and you talk about the fundamentals of this game, and you see how those fundamentals uh, come into play thousands of times. And I'm talking about thousands, tens of thousands of times during a year. If you pay attention to those fundamentals and uh, they count about moving a man up uh, when you got a guy at second base over to third. But even the other things that we don't talk about, like uh, – when you make an out, do you, do you move a player on the base pass and uh, taking the extra base? And when do you take the extra base? And and uh, and then the little thing is that you you see a player take oh he took a half a step to the left because uh, he was going to throw him a fastball or a slider low outside. I mean, when you put all that into the tank, I mean it burns a lot of gasoline. And and look, if we'd have won three or four more games last year, we might have been in the postseason. Hey, Mike, uh, I want to go back to a couple of things. And the players today, they don't really do a lot of things. Other, after spring training, they go through the drills and all of the muscle memory things. And then when the season starts, they don't enforce it as much as they used to, where you took infield or you shag fly balls with a purpose. Uh, do you think they need to look at that and maybe try and incorporate some sort of refresher? Because – you know, you only get better if you keep practicing at it. And if you do it for six weeks in the spring and then forget all about it by the middle of June, I think it kind of leads to developing bad habits. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it, Mike. And uh, you mentioned uh, the extra coast that we're going to have this year, quality control. I'm telling you, quality control uh, in the game of baseball and paying attention to those uh, those little things that we call little things, it's just like a pitcher. If, uh, you know, if a pitcher wins a game, it's, it's about a million dollars for his salary, okay? I mean, think about the guys that win 50 to 20 games a year. How much money are they making? You can darn near count those games as almost a million dollars. So why wouldn't he pay a little more attention to moving a man over with a bunt or feeling his uh, position or running the bases? Take a look at Bob Gibson. Look at the things that Bob Gibson did to improve himself. Uh, he ran the bases very well. He would steal a base. He would hit a home run. He was a great fielder. He paid attention to the things that helped. How many games did he win over his career just because he did those things that pitchers all have demanded to do in this day and age? Why, why do you think we don't see that as much, especially with as good of athletes as a lot of these guys are? 
Well, because we we grant uh, big salaries to guys that produce, but we do not. We, in other words, we don't have a subtraction. It, it used to be if you struck out 200 times a year, well, hey man, you got to go back to the minor leagues, and, and you can't strike out. You cannot do that. But that doesn't happen today. If a guy hits 40 home runs and strikes out 200 times, we reward him big time. So consequently, guys say, hey, I don't care if I strike out. Why? (laughs) They're not subtracting my salary when I strike out. They're not saying this or they're saying that about me when I strike out. I'm I'm getting my $20 million a year because I hit 40 home runs a year. Hey, you know, Mikey, I want to go back to something you touched on briefly. All the things that lead up to the next pitch, positioning, knowing where the pitch is going to be thrown, knowing what to do with the ball if you got runners on base. I, I think we see the finished product and say, well, you know, these guys, you know, they, they this or they're that. But there's a lot of things that happen between pitches, isn't it? Well, you take uh, – let's just take example of Ozzie Smith. Ozzie Smith hurt his uh, arm where he couldn't hardly comb his hair. But – he paid so much attention to getting rid of the ball quickly and positioning himself in the right position that, uh, uh, you know, so he left the hole open because he knew even if he went into the hole and he got the baseball, uh, that he wouldn't be able to throw the guy out. So what did he do? He cheated a little to his right and he cheated in. He adjusted. He made the adjustment, and that's one reason why the guy's in the Hall of Fame. Mike Shannon with us for another Metadon Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren. Uh, I guess that, you know, if you do start to see some changes, guys, and you do start to see some things like Mike was talking about emphasized, you know it'll be from the top down because one thing the Cardinals have always had in the organization is cohesiveness, cohesiveness in the way they teach things, implement things, and there are some subtle changes made. Expecting to go all the way from the big league club all the way down to the lowest levels of the minors, Mike. And when you uh, became a cardinal, okay, whether you you came up through the system or whether you were traded over, when you were traded over, you put the uh, the birds on the bat uniform on, and uh, you, you said, "Hey, hey, we don't do it like that here. Here's how we do it." And you you had to uh, pay attention to that if you were from out of the organization. And and they said, yeah, you're right, because you guys went over here. And that's one reason why. Now, show me. Well, Mike Shannon, always enjoyed kicking off uh, the show with you, kicking off the second hour with you. Hey, how's the golf game down there? I hear it's pretty sharp. Well, that's a matter, <laughs> that's a matter of how many strokes you count. <laughs> but I will say this. The weather has been fantastic, and I hope it just stays like this because uh, – we really have some great weather down here, and the field's in great shape, and things are really rounding into shape. I, I spoke to someone today, and they just asked me one question. They said, was it a five-wood or a backwards sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I know you talked to. <laughs> so, folks, so we, we're going to embarrass Mike here a little bit. Mike Shannon had a hole-in-one this week. And uh, I know you're happy about that, like everybody else is, but – Virtually everybody who's heard the story that you got once says, well, it's got to be a five-wood. <laughs> That's true. The, the ones that know me anyway. <laughs> exactly. You know, when, I, 
When I started playing the game, Mike, I had a nine iron, a five wood, and a driver, and a putter, and that was it. (laughs) That's all you need. That's all you need. (laughs) Mike, appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you down in Florida. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you. Catch a game in Hall of Fame style, just like Mike Shannon in the new proficient Red Jacket Club. This new all-inclusive area is designed to commemorate the Cardinals' iconic Hall of Famers and features an upscale buffet and full-service bar. Tickets start at just 75 bucks. And on sale now at cardinals.com slash all-inclusive. We head to Memphis and check in with Craig Unger next, president and GM of the Redbirds on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network, and we head just down the road to Memphis and say hello to the Memphis Redbirds president and general manager, Craig Unger. Craig, what's going on, man? How are things in Memphis? I'm great, Chris. Uh, things are wonderful here. The weather is spectacular. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit warmer down there than in St. Louis, but getting ready for baseball both here and in Memphis. And I know you guys are really excited. I saw the photos hit Twitter a couple of weeks ago when you revealed the new logo, some of the new jerseys, a lot of excitement. I think it's fantastic. What's the feedback been like, Craig? You know, feedback has been uh, outstanding. Um, you know, people have, have you know, we, we kind of heard from both sides. We heard from the people, you know, who sort of loved the Cardinal brand but said, hey, you've kept sort of the essence of the Cardinals. We, we kept the Redbird name um, and, and kept, you know, the bird, but we gave Rocky a little bit of a different look now. He's a little more edgy, got a little more, a little more gritty sort of playing off of, you know, the – the Grizzlies grit and grind that they've sort of created down here. Um, but, but our real goal was to sort of create a unique Memphis brand for the Redbirds. And anyone who's spent any time, you know, down here in Memphis and who's been to Beale Street, or if you just, you know, go to Google and just hit Beale Street, uh, the first thing that pops up are neons. And, and there's a lot of neon signage here in, in, in the community. And we sort of also tied in music with, you know, the M, the M in Memphis is, is a music note. And the rich, you know, this is the you know, birthplace of rock and roll and home of the blues. And you've got Elvis. There's so many musical tie-ins to this great city um, that what we did was just try and find things that really connected with the community and, 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 and launch this brand. It's been uh, just phenomenally received. And obviously, too, the other part that Cardinal fans will really sort of sort of catch on to is the powder blue jersey uh, that we will use as an alternate jersey uh, that has what we call sort of the dirty bird on the side, that, that pitching Rocky, who's, who's left-handed, by the way, which is kind of cool as well, um, will be an alternate jersey. And that was a direct tie-in back to, you know, those powder blue jerseys that the Cardinals wore um, that people just loved. It's pretty cool, Craig, and and ever since Peter Freund came on board and uh, ever since you've been working with him, the organization has been working with him, how have you seen the connection grow with both the Memphis community but also with the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, you know, our our connection with St. Louis, you know, couldn't be stronger. Um, And, you know, I I worked there for six years, came down here. Um, You know, we we still, and you know, we collaborate with them on things and, you know, obviously bringing the team down here um, in March for an exhibition game. You know they're they're still partners in this in this team and and you know that's exciting to have that great connection and knowing that your parent club's only four hours away. You know this is Cardinal country here in, in Memphis and you come down here, Cardinal games are on TV. Um, you know I I ran into into the mayor's spokesperson today uh, on the way to a meeting and he's a huge Cardinal fan. He's like, hey, I'm getting my exhibition game tickets and I, I need one of those new jerseys. 
you know, people here are Cardinal fans, and they love the attachment to the Cardinals, um, but yet love this Memphis brand. And, and, and that has been something that, you know, that Peter and I have been very focused on, is really making that connection with the city um, on this local level. That is so important in minor league baseball as to the success of a franchise, is really making that local connection. And we've really you know, been spending a lot of time on how we can you know, really enhance that as we go forward. Craig Unger with us, uh, the president and general manager of the Memphis Redbirds. Yeah, you mentioned the game coming up against the Cardinals on March the 30th. The Cardinals will be in Memphis and then will be in Springfield. That'll be a great kickoff to the season. And I know uh, people are really fired up about getting tickets and getting to the ballpark, whether you're in Memphis or coming down from St. Louis or coming anywhere throughout Cardinal Nation, Craig. Yeah, you know, there is nothing better than seeing, you know, the big league club here in Memphis. And, and if you've never been to Memphis and never been to AutoZone Park, um, one, please come down for the exhibition game. But if you can't make it down for the exhibition game, you know, find a weekend to come down here. Um, you know, seeing this ballpark that was, it feels like a big, big league ballpark whenever you come into it. Um, it's right in the heart of downtown. I mean, you can come here and you can, you know, pick a hotel that's, you know, right across the street and like it's, you know, 100 feet across the street inside the ballpark, but you're within walking distance of everything. Uh, but seeing the big league club here and, and in that relaxed atmosphere, I mean, it's like being at a spring training game. And people who go to spring training, you know, talk about all the time. The players sign autographs, and, and it's just a different atmosphere. It, it's These exhibition games are so much fun and a chance to really, you know, for even other Cardinal fans that are down here, it's the chance to see the guys that may have been here just last year um, and that got called up. And it's like they're here one day, gone the next, and you're seeing them on TV. This is a chance for you to come out like, hey, I remember seeing Stephen Piscotty. I remember seeing Randall Gritchick here. Um, you know, seeing Yadier Molina here years ago. Um, you know, the future Cardinals of seeing the Redbirds even play uh, is so much fun because they're, they're going to be your stars of tomorrow, and seeing them here in this setting, in this relaxed setting, is just it's, it's just so much fun. You can go to MemphisRedbirds.com and get ticket packs right now, which include tickets to that Thursday, March 30th, Battle of the Birds game at 7.05 against the Cardinals. When do those individual tickets go on sale, Craig? Uh, yet to be announced. It'll be probably sometime in, in, in mid-March or so. Um, and there'll also be, you know, we're going we're gonna to have some additional ticket packs coming out as we get closer and some you know, maybe geared a little bit more towards, you know, some of the St. Louis people who may want to travel down that have, you know, maybe some extra weekend games throughout oh, yeah. the throughout the summer that you can, you know, pick another weekend and come back down and really enjoy the Memphis Redbirds and get a chance to really spend some time here in Memphis. Yeah, I always love the Saturday night fireworks games as well. So, again, go to MemphisRedbirds.com for ticket information, and you can check out those packs. There's a great Battle of the Birds pack that includes uh, Saturday and, and Friday games that you can get down and enjoy a couple of weekends in Memphis. Craig, I know another thing you guys are excited about, RBI Institute. Major League Baseball is bringing it to Memphis February 16th through 19th, coming up uh, next weekend. Tell us a little bit about how this came about and why you guys are excited to have the program and, and be one of uh, 12 cities uh, head to, head to uh, Memphis for the program. Yeah, you know, uh, RBI has been a big part of what the Redbirds have been doing over the past, you know, 16, 17 years. Um, and RBI, for those people who don't know, is reviving baseball in inner cities. Um, and this was a chance of working with Major League Baseball to bring this institute here where the RBI – um, you know, directors, the leaders of, in other cities come here to Memphis. Um, and MLB runs the program. It's a, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a kind of a trade show sort of meeting workshop 
for them to talk about best practices and to meet the other people who are running RBI uh, things around around the country. Uh, and the goal is to really enhance that. And how can we as a group, um, you know, really introduce baseball in the inner cities, find, you know, help with fields and equipment um, and give kids a chance to play this great game? Um, you know, it's 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 no surprise. And the commissioners talked a lot about it, that we have to really embrace the youth and and find ways to bring them back in back into baseball and that's what this is you know largely about um you know we're excited to really showcase memphis and and the fact that um you know this has been a big part of the redbirds for a long time bring mlb down here bring the other rbi directors here to show um you know the great opportunities that are here in memphis and you know along with what the redbirds have been doing with our Redbirds Community Fund of, you know, supporting this program where we have 900 kids here in the Memphis area that uh, that, that play baseball in a league that, that we run every year. So it's a chance for us to kind of even launch it a little bit, you know, relaunch it, I guess, here in the community um, to show people that, you know, A, this is great for us and RBI is a major part of what the Redbirds do, but to also show that the support to RBI and the support of that stuff is coming from Major League Baseball and other, all these other cities. It's just a great opportunity to really showcase this city and, and tell people about the great things that are going on here. Craig Unger, the president and general manager of the Memphis Redbirds. Again, go to memphisredbirds.com. And can't wait to see you guys down in Memphis on March the 30th for the Battle of the Birds. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate the time. All right. We'll see you on March 30th. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings Sporting Goods, is the exclusive fan club for Cardinals fans. Fans age 13 and under. Tremendous membership benefits include two tickets to a 2017 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only autograph party at Bush Stadium, and much more. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub. When we come back, Ron Darling, former big leaguer now with MLB Network, he talks it over with us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Pleasure to welcome former big leaguer, now part of MLB Network, Ron Darling to the program. Catch Ron on MLB Network's MLB Tonight, also part of MLB Network's Top 100 right now, all next week. Ron, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. It's an exciting time of year. What's it like to now be on the broadcast side of things as we get into February and pitchers and catchers get ready to report and we get ready to uh, do this thing for real? Well, I, I know that um, being a player many, many moons ago, you just get so excited that this time of year, you know, you're probably in the best shape of your life. You can't wait <laughs> for it all to start. If you had a great year last year, you want to build on it. If you had a bad year last year, you want to uh, uh, throw it away and start over. Um, it's just um, it, it's just such a, a great time if you're an athlete. At some point, do we need to alter how spring training works as far as pitchers and the work that they get in, considering how much throwing and how much they do in the off season? You know, I think that's a great question, and I think uh, you know uh, the media is part of the, the problem. Is that you know spring training was kind of a quiet time when I played, and you just kind of got your work in and. Uh, you know, get get in the games and and be ready for April second or third, whenever you opened up the season. Uh, it's different now. You know, there's so many people down there. There's so many questions to be answered. There's a lot of second guessing and and all of that. And I think that the players uh, are different too. They've made it a 12 month job. Uh, they come with this, uh, into spring training in much better shape than the guys from my generation who just really wanted to be ready for the 1st of April. Uh, these guys are really ready now, especially with the WBC this year. So um, I, I think that the most important thing 
is that teams have to really um, watch their pitchers closely, make sure that they're not getting out of the gate too quick, and make sure that they have um, some kind of plan to make sure that they get to the beginning of April healthy and raring to go. Ron Darling with us. You can watch Ron on MLB Network's MLB Tonight. Ron, as you take a look at the National League right now, the Chicago Cubs obviously uh, coming off of the World Series victory in the National League, but also the Central. What do you think the dynamic will be like for the Cubs now, having gotten that monkey off their back and now being the hunted rather than the hunters? Well, I, I, I think they were a little bit of the hunted last year because they had had a, a, the year prior was so good, but. Um, I think it's very hard to repeat. I think baseball, the playoffs right now are very, very difficult to get in. Not as hard as they used to be, but to uh, to get all the way through, it's as difficult as it's ever been. So, um, you know, I think that the the Cubs, even though they have outstanding talent, um, we've seen many teams with outstanding talent not be able to repeat. So it's going to be a it's going to be really hard for them to uh, – not hard for them, but it's going to be challenging uh, to stay as focused as, as they were last year. Ron, earlier in the week we heard Major League Baseball float the balloon about raising the strike zone. We heard a little bit about it last season, but it appears that they're going to move forward with this in the, in the future. Where do you think that's going to sit as far as the hitters are concerned and certainly the pitchers? Yeah, well, the hitters are, uh, they can't wait for it to start. It, it, you know, it's a shame, and, and this, maybe this is the old pitcher in me, but it, it seems like whenever baseball has an issue, um, it, they go after the pitching. You know, they, they after 68, they lowered the mound, and the ballparks now are tighter than they've ever been. There's not a lot of foul territory. Um, uh, it's a little easier to hit a home run now than it was in past, and I think it's a mistake. You know, the strike zone has been the strike zone for such a long period of time. I think because um, guys are striking out more, you're going to try to make a rule so they strike out less. I think it's on, you know, this is a very Darwinian game. I think it's on the onus of the hitters to, to get better and, and have a better two-strike approach and uh, put the ball in play. Um, you know, uh, we, we've seen a lot of this over the history of baseball. and I, I don't know, 90 feet, strike zones, all those kind of things. I'd like to see them leave those alone. Ron, is there anything else that, that baseball needs to do in terms of pace of play? I, for one, think that baseball's baseball, a three-hour game is fine. And, and when you start to talk about limiting pitching changes or limiting what defenses can do with their alignment, I think that then you're actually changing the game and, and you're changing the decision-making processes for teams. Do you think they need to think more drastically like that? Or do you think there are ways to uh, make small tweaks that maybe don't actually impact the game on the field? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know they probably could uh, they probably could get um, some of the things out of the game that take some time, changing pitchers and all that kind of stuff. They could do that at a little quicker pace. Um, you know, whenever I see ball players on the field now walking to positions or coaches walking to the mound, you know, it's just not a good visual uh, for people who come to the games and want to see action. But some of the things you can't really rally against, you know, the strikeout. Um, um, by the pitcher and the strikeout of the hitter is no action. And, uh, you know, that's part of, of uh, the problem also. But, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of, like, the originalists. I love the game the way it's played. Uh, you were saying three hours is three hours. That's how it goes. And, and I have no problem with, um, with the game itself. Um, but I, I, do, I do think that there, there's some things they could do. Um, for example, with the replay, instead of having it have to go back to Chelsea, all these ballparks can have a room where there's an extra umpire who sits in there and by, uh, by way of a cellular phone or whatever, he can tell the people on the field that they got it right. 
um, we're not sure, let me take a look at it, or you got it wrong and you need to change it. And that would take less than a minute for that to happen as opposed to the umpires running to put on the headsets. That would be a way of quickening up uh, the action. Final question for me, for Ron Darling. You mentioned when you pitched back in the day, you failed to mention you pitched back in the day on some really good teams with those Met teams of the mid-'80s. Everybody knew about Doc Gooden and, and David Cohn, but I always felt that that team really had to have people like yourself and also uh, Sid Fernandez, who, as you mentioned earlier, coming to spring training in shape or at least looking <laughs> the part. Talk talk a little bit about how – he used to just deal on the Cardinals yeah. back then. Uh, talk about what kind of pitcher he was and also your involvement with those really good Met teams. Well, I, I think um, – uh, uh, second part first, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think of the Mets teams without thinking of the Cardinals teams. You know, we were so intermingled there. You know, they had great talent and a little different talent than ours, and uh, uh, we just butted heads, it seemed like, every year, and it was great, great competition against those Cardinals teams in the 80s. Um, as far as being a part of a great pitching staff, there's nothing better. You know, it's a fraternity of starting pitchers. Each guy's trying to outdo the next guy uh, when he went out there. And, and Sid Fernandez, you're right, is, uh, is an underrated pitcher. Um, I didn't know he did that well against the Cardinals, but I, I should have known that he did that well against just about everyone. And he was just impossible to hit. I think when you look at pitchers, you try to put them in a category of how they throw. There was no one in baseball that threw like Sid, who kind of threw from the bottom to the top. And he hit, on the radar gun, he would throw about 86, 87 miles an hour. And if you ask most of the hitters, they thought he was throwing 96 miles an hour. So um, he was just a, a, a real important part of those teams and sometimes overlooked. Ron, what do you make of this Cardinals team as they come into the 2017 season? Again, have dealt with injuries over the last few years. Last year, one game on the outside looking into the playoff picture. They add Dexter Fowler. They add Brett Cecil to the bullpen, hope to get some pieces in the rotation back. How do you see this Cardinals club? Could they contend for the division, or is basically everyone else in the Central just playing for a wild-card spot? No. I, um, I've seen the Cardinals have too much success. You know, you don't ever write them off, as they certainly can contend. Uh, there's some things that have to go right for them. I think Dexter Fowler is going to be a great addition, um, not only leading off, but also he's going to uh, really improve the defense uh, for the Cardinals. That's always a good thing. I think um, you talked about the pitching, getting Lance Lynn back is going to be uh, important. You know, he's a guy that, you know, every year you look up and he's run out 15, 16 wins. So um, he's important. The health, of course, of, of Michael Walker and others is going to be important. And, uh, you know, the, the contract they gave to um, Martinez, uh, I think, is a great deal for the club and also a great deal for the young right-hander. But, you know, it's the other right-hander, Reyes, and how he develops. And if he can be, you know, if you have Reyes and Martinez and, and, and Adam up at the top, um, you know, every night you're throwing someone that can really uh, – really do some damage against the other team. So I, I would not count the Cardinals out at all. I, I would expect the Cardinals are, are going to be, you know, a, a team that's going to be right up there at the very end. Did you get a chance to see much of Reyes last year? He came up for the last uh, a month or two. Seemed like every time he pitched, it wasn't a game the Cardinals needed to have to keep postseason uh, hopes alive. But did you see much of him, your impressions? And does the stuff he has or, or kind of his makeup remind you of anyone, Ron? Yeah, I don't know if he reminds me of anyone. I think sometimes when I watch him throw, um, he reminds me a little bit of um, uh, the young Michael Pineda when Michael was in Seattle. I think he struck out 200 in his first year. But he reminds me a little of that kind of stuff, electric fastball and a great breaking ball. 
Um, his demeanor is great. I think his body language is great. Uh, his maturity is off the charts. So I think he's going to have a, a fantastic year. And as far as the stuff is concerned, it's uh, right up there with anyone in baseball as far as a young pitcher. And, uh, you know, he has a chance to uh, to be one of the f- uh, fine right-handers in the game. Yeah, I think a lot of folks are looking forward to hearing how his time with the Dominican Republic team in the World Baseball Classic and some of those veterans, how that impacts him and impacts maybe how he goes about his business as he gets ready for the season. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be interesting is that uh, participating in that is probably going to get him out of the shoot a little quicker than uh, the other rookie uh, kind of pitchers. So, you know, he's going to be ready on day one for the Cardinals and ready to go probably with his full assortment of pitches. So I think that's always a good thing. You know, the young pitching, the only issue you always have, and every team has to deal with it, is how many innings do you let him go and uh, and how deep into the season does he pitch. So uh, Cardinals uh, have been very good with their young pitchers to make sure that they've uh, – you know, get them to the very end, especially if they're in the postseason. We'll always enjoy catching Ron Darling on MLB Network's MLB Tonight, plus part of MLB Network's Top 100 right now, all next week. Ron, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on the Cardinals Radio Network. Thank you very much. Anytime, guys. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner and a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary beer and soda. This week, only games in April, available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Vicki Bryant talks about a big event in September with us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, alongside Mike Claiborne in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network, and a pleasure to welcome to the program Vicki Bryant, the VP of Event Services and Marketing with the Cardinals, fresh off of a winter classic. Does it seem like that was only one month ago, Vicki, that there was an ice rink in the middle of Bush Stadium? Uh, it depends on the moment. Sometimes it <laughs> seems like it was months and years ago, and then um, you know, yesterday, and I can't believe you know we're not that far off from opening day. Well, again, showing off the versatility of the venue, what an exciting announcement last week as you guys let everyone know that Billy Joel is coming to Bush Stadium September 21st at 8 o'clock. What an exciting show, and uh, another mark key show a year after having Paul McCartney last year, having so many great concerts. Vicki, you guys must be thrilled to have Billy Joel come to St. Louis and Bush Stadium. We absolutely are thrilled. I'm personally very thrilled because I've been to a lot of his concerts um, over the years, and you know, this is one of those shows that goes down um, you know, in your list as one of the best shows that you'll ever see because he's just such an iconic artist, and you sit there you know, and you're and you find yourself standing and dancing, and you know every song, and you know the words, and everybody is having such a great time, and he's such an entertaining, um, you know, tremendous artist that um, it's really a pleasure and an exciting thing to have them right here in Bush Stadium. Vicky, to uh, touch on him being at Bush Stadium, this isn't something that he does on a regular basis because he's basically got a. Uh, a special place at Madison Square Garden where he's basically working out of there. So to get him to come on the road at that time of the year says a lot about maybe the the, the reputation perhaps Bush Stadium has as far as how the adventure stays. I'd certainly like to think that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, this is a great venue. Um, there's not a bad seat in the house where you can um, you, know, you enjoy it, and which is such a beautiful backdrop with the arch. 
And, um, you know, Billy loves playing in baseball stadiums, and he loves playing in the really iconic stadiums. So, you know, the Wrigley Fields and, um, you know, and, um, you know, Fenway Park and places like that. And, you know, we've been working on this, you know, for well over a year and are so excited to be able to have a window of time where it works in his schedule and we can get it in here and be, um, you know, um, one of the great concerts events of the summer. Cardinals.com slash Billy Joel is where you go. Tickets for the general public go on sale Friday, February 10th. That's this Friday at 10 a.m. Central. And, Vicki, holy cow, they start at just forty nine fifty. It is um, a very reasonably priced show and one that has tremendous price value. I, I, you know, this one should be on your bucket list if it's not already. Vicki, for you, um, you've been with the Cardinals for a number of years, and you've seen a lot of things change. But since the, the event management has come into play more, how much have you seen it change from the early days of bringing in concerts from a, a security standpoint and just the way these concerts are put together with all the, the, the truckloads of equipment and things of that nature? How much have you seen it change for you, though? You know, there are some things that never change, the, you know, the, the great music and the great experience. But, you know, the things that have changed, the cost. I mean, the, these shows are very, very expensive to put on. Um, and these promoters, you know, they have to take, you know, a good amount of risk because uh, because of that expense. And, you know, the, the talent's expensive. The production is expensive. Um, you know, the security and the stadium um, operation side of it, um, you know, it, it certainly um, comes at a cost. So, you know, for us to put a show in this building, it has to be a great artist and one um, that has the drawing potential to fill the ballpark. Otherwise, you know, it's just not a good business proposition for anybody. Well, I know you guys are so proud of the versatility of the ballpark, Vicki, whether it's big-time concerts, whether it's hockey, soccer, football, of course, baseball. Uh, it all happens at Bush Stadium. And, again, it'll happen September 21st at 8 o'clock. Billy Joel, the six-time Grammy Award winner, one of the biggest draws in the world. General public sales starts Friday at 10 a.m. Central. Tickets start at just $49.50. Go to cardinals.com slash Billy Joel. Vicki Bryan, appreciate it, and can't wait for the start of baseball season and can't wait till September 21st. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Subscribe to Cardinals Magazine and receive two free tickets to a Monday through Thursday home game in 2017. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. Back to wrap up this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back for a final time on this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you, Mike Claiborne as well. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Let's give away six more ticket vouchers for any single session of the 2017 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. It's March 2nd through 5th. For more information on the MVC games, visit archmadness.com. We'll take caller three right now, 314-969-1120 to give away the tickets. All right, thank you to all of our guests today. Of course, Mike Shannon, Mike Schilt, Rob Beertemple, who covers the Pittsburgh Pirates, Dave Kaplan on the Chicago Cubs, also Ron Darling from MLB.com, and Memphis Redbirds president and general manager Craig Unger, along with Vicki Bryant from the Cardinals. A big thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Ben Boyd. My co-host is Mike Claiborne. Pitchers and catchers report on Tuesday. We'll be with you next Wednesday from Jupiter, Florida. Until then, this has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby saying have a great night on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. <sighs> 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.